Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. My name is Peyton White. I am the youth director here at Church 214. I have been... There's always something interesting that comes out of my students' mouths, like Joel just saying, being a donkey, hee-hawing at me. Like I said, my name is Peyton. I am married to Dalton. Today we are celebrating seven years of marriage. Chris married us seven years ago. He's been like a dad to both of us. We love you so much. The Spirit of God is here, goodness. <laughs> I'm really thankful for your leadership, both of you. I love you guys. Seven years to my very best friend, the infamous Dalton White. <laughs> I am a mom to three boys, Boone, Rhett, and Hutch. We like to sit on the table at our house. My mom would not approve. Love you, mom. You're probably listening on the podcast. I've been leading the youth ministry for the last five years. And what we've specifically experienced in the last six months has been absolutely incredible. And I can't wait to tell you about it. But leading the youth has matured me, stretched me, and sent me running hard after Jesus. It's come with some really high highs and some really low lows, but I would do it over and over and over again, because I love you guys so much. I'm in it with you. Today is one of the best days of the year. I am biased, but I personally think it's the best. Who would agree with me? It's so fun to give you guys a glimpse of what we do on Wednesday nights. However, this, this isn't like Wednesday nights. This is just a little touch of it, because what we have on Wednesday nights is so special, and it's just for us. If you serve on my team, can you please stand up? Don't sit, don't sit, don't sit. Stand up. I could not do what I do without you. I can't stand up here without the support of you guys. And I love you guys so much. I'm so thankful for you. Okay, you can sit. Just a little mini plug. I was talking to Dalton the other night, and I'm like, do you realize that every single person on my team is single except for two? Thanks, I'm going to need those. I'll just keep it all up here. So that means that they're young adults, and being when you're a young adult, you're actually pretty poor. Sorry, guys. We were really poor young adults, weren't we, babe? So if you think of them, buy them a coffee, um, grab them a grocery gift card just to say thank you because they serve out of the kindness of their hearts and because God's asked them to. Actually, one of my girls just recently quit her job because God told her to, with nothing lined up. With nothing lined up. And I think that's absolutely incredible. Her name's Meredith, so write her a check or something. I'll write you one. Sorry. She didn't know I was going to say that. Okay, also, my other role here at Church 214 is matchmaker. My friend Katie told me I should go on a show called Christian Matchmaker or something. I'll make my own show, okay? So if you want to serve on my team and be hooked up with someone, I got you. I hooked up two of my male leaders with brilliant girls, didn't I? They're pretty amazing. They're going to kill me. 
<laughs> I'm basically the spiritual mom, so I can say what I want, right? That's what I'm going to tell my boys someday. So, like I said, the last six months of the youth ministry has been absolutely incredible, and we'll have some students and a leader up here to share about that. But um, Heidi gets on this stage often, and she's like, God speaks to me in numbers. Like, I saw this number on someone's house, and it was amazing, and God told me this, and I was kind of like, <laughs> that doesn't happen to me. And then as time went on, I saw 214 like crazy. This morning, I was voice texting a friend of mine. The voice text came through. Two minutes and 14 seconds. Not planned. Only God to confirm to me that he does speak to me. And just last Saturday, we were at my mom's celebrating Mother's Day. And I looked down on my phone, and I tapped it, and it said 214. I thought, oh, that's really cool, my church family. And then I looked at the date, and it said Saturday, May 13th. And I thought, huh, that day is significant. On May 13th, at 13 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. Again, thinking God doesn't really speak to me in numbers, I realized that my school age, 2002, I was in second grade. 2008, I was in eighth grade. 2009, I was in ninth grade. 2012, I was in 12th grade. And I thought, how significant is that? So I've loved Jesus for 16 years, and I have never seen what I am seeing in these last six months of God, what's God doing? What's God doing? What God is doing. Many of us have talked about how God is expediting in this season. He is moving at rapid speed on purpose, for a purpose, and leaving no one behind. Unless you're like this in your seat. Okay, God, go on by. That's on you. Because he doesn't want to pass you by. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you're here. And I thank you for the 10,000 things that you're doing. That you're good, that you're our good shepherd. Jesus, I pray these words would be yours and not mine. I pray that you would take my flesh out of all of this and only your word will go forth. Your word never returns void and I thank you for that. Thank you for the 10,000 things that you're doing right now, Jesus. Whether we experience them today or you reveal them to us in years to come. I thank you for our students. I thank you for the next generation that's going to leap from our shoulders that's running alongside us right now, Jesus. I just pray that you'd be glorified. In your name we pray, amen. I'm like snotting all over the place, it's gross. And sweating, I have not stopped sweating since I walked in here. I'm gonna be like peeling, my clothes are like wet. I'm gonna be peeling them when I go home off of myself. Anyways, information you didn't need. Gosh darn. Okay, um, I am wrapping up our shower series. And I had gone back and forth with the Lord on if I should teach in this series or not, or if I should do a one-off because I was really hoping for a one-off, because I was like, never read Ezekiel 34, and if I did, I don't have any clue what it means. <laughs> I am the youth director, and that is what I said about the Bible. You're welcome. <laughs> so when we finally got on the same play page that I was, in fact, preaching in this series, I said, God, that's going to expose some things about myself that I don't know if I want exposed. But if you listen to Katie's message last week, obedience is key. And I wrote that even before I listened to her message. So Phil preached first in this series, and guys, please 
go listen on the podcast. They were phenomenal messages that you don't want to miss. When my brother-in-law preaches, it is, you, you, you want to be here. You don't want to miss it. He brings life to the Bible that you would have never thought twice about. Like the fringes on Jesus' robe, you just read over that and you think, oh, it's trailing behind him. No, there is purpose there. There is purpose there. And then Katie preaches on obedience and her sister comes up and, and shares what God did in her life. And don't miss them. They're so good. And so Katie set, set up my message perfectly. So thanks for that. Actually, Jesus did through her, but you know. Oh, and also, a little plug for my brother Phil and Benny. Where's Benny? You're in the wrong seat. You're supposed to be over there. It's fine. Benny and Phil did our music for today. Phil is our, yeah. Phil is our worship pastor, and Benny is now our youth worship leader. He took that on. And God gave me a really cool vision a few years ago before we moved into this church that the youth should do worship, and they should have a band. And Phil sat down with me, and he said, yeah, let's make it happen. And so I really appreciate you doing that with me. I love you. Okay, so let's get back to why we're here, you know. Okay, so I'm preaching the Shower Series, and we are going to read from Ezekiel 34. 25 to 31, it says, I will make a covenant of peace with my people, and I will drive away the dangerous animals from the land. Then they will be able to camp safely in the wildest places and sleep in the woods without fear. I will bless my people in their homes around my holy hill, and in the proper season, I will send showers they need. They will be showers of blessings. The orchards and fields of my people will yield bumper crops, and everyone will live in safety. When I have broken their chains of slavery and rescued them from those who enslave them, then they will know that I am the Lord. They will, know, they will no longer be prey for other nations, and wild animals will no longer devour them. They will live in safety, and no one will frighten them. And I will make their land famous for its crops, so my people never again will suffer from famines or the insults of foreign nations." In this way, they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them. And they will know that they, the people of, of Israel, are my people, says the Sovereign Lord. You are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. You are my people, and I am your God. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. That right there is what this entire series is based on. And I wanted to give you some backstory here. Ezekiel is a priest. He was taken into exile after the Babylonian attack. And this is super important for later on in my message. He was 30 years old, and he was sitting along a canal when he had a vision from the Lord. In the vision, Ezekiel sees the presence of God. The Hebrew word is kavod, meaning the manifest presence of God or God's significance. And the images that he was seeing in the, in the vision were very similar to when God appeared on Mount Sinai and very similar to God's presence over the Ark of the Covenant. And Katie talked last week about how when God repeats himself, it's so important to listen. He, re he repeats himself all throughout the Bible. So in all the chapters leading up to Ezekiel 34, there is judgment coming against God's people for going their own way and being under the priest and king's leadership. However, in Ezekiel 34 is when things change. 
It's when God says, I'm coming for my people. There is hope for my people. Jeremiah 29, 11, I have plans for you, good plans for you to prosper you and not to harm you. God is always coming for his people. It's what we've seen in our youth last six months. God appointed the government and priests over his people, and they were doing a terrible job. And if you want to know more about that, Phil went in depth, and you can listen on the podcast. There was idol worship for getting God going their own way. So God said, hey, I'm coming to rescue you because I have good plans for you. Oftentimes we read Jeremiah 29, 11, and we stop there, and we forget everything that comes after that. So let me read it for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home to your own land. Isn't that so much better than just Jeremiah 29, 11? So much better. But here's the thing. I was just like goodness, I did not expect to cry this much. <laughs> I was just like the kings and priests in Ezekiel 34 what I talked about when I was saying I'm going to expose myself. I don't have it all together as much as I would like to. I can relate when it came to my leadership over you 214. I very much was doing my own thing. These last five years, my own thing. I was leading the way I thought the youth ministry should be ran. I was consulting God here and there, and we were experiencing God, but it was minimal at best. The youth group I attended from age 10 to 18 changed my life. It was absolutely incredible. And I grew up going to this tiny church where my siblings and I were the only kids, and I got to go to a youth group where there were tons of kids, and they were on fire for Jesus, and it really, really mugged me. Those ministries are the whole reason why I am serving the church. At 18, I said, I, Lord, I will give my life to serving your people. Having no idea what that meant, and if I knew what it meant, I probably wouldn't have done it. That's why God doesn't give us the full picture most of the time. We just get the tiny picture, and we say yes, and we say yes, and we say yes, and we say yes. Because I was so incredibly impacted by that ministry, I thought I had to do the same thing. Down to wanting to open a candy store and having a bunch of couches, which would be so cool, right guys? They don't want it, it's fine. God can move without candy and couches, in case you were wondering. God can move without chairs, without a stage, without carpets, without these screens. God can move. And guess what? We'd all show up. I was just like the kings and priests in Ezekiel, leading in my own strength, consulting God here and there, thinking I knew best. 
newsflash. We don't know better than God. And I feel like someone in here needs to know that you don't know better than God because his plans for you are good. And his way is so much better. And over and over and over again, the Bible makes it clear that God wants to do a new thing. Isaiah 43, 19. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a new pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers and dry wastelands. Matthew 9, 17. And no one puts new wine in an old wineskin. For the old wine would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine, skin, new wine is, sco- is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. So six months ago, I felt a stirring in my spirit that God wanted to do something new. However, I was super pregnant, and maternity leave was fastly approaching, and I thought, okay, there's not much that I can do here, so we'll just wait it out. My thirdborn entered, my thirdborn son entered the world four weeks early at a divine time, a Kairos moment. I believe that God calls forth our children. He called forth you on purpose to live in the time that you are living in to go through the things that you are going through because he cares for you and you are part of his plan. That's my hachi. As I was birthing in the physical, God was birthing in the spiritual. As I was birthing hachi, God was birthing something for the youth ministry. After having Hachi, I was no longer interested in mediocre encounters with God. There was a shift in me, all because of a baby boy. And there's been a shift in a lot of you because of a baby boy. Because God sent his son as a baby boy So that he could live here, live a sinless life, and go to the cross for you and me. Your life was shifted because of a baby boy. We spent six days in the hospital, and thank you, Jesus, it was not longer. I know people have different stories than us. I came home. You can ask my sisters. My eyeballs were, like, out to here. They were so puffy because I cried so much. (laughs) You baby hormones are real. If you've had a baby, you know. The hard, no be- the hard, no better than others, heart of mine, shifted. Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart. And I'll put a new spirit in you. And I will take your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. You know why we spent six days in the hospital? Because of Hachi's heart. Because God knew that my heart needed to soften for what he had next. Some of you, your heart needs to soften for what God has next. We named him Hutch Dalton Heart. Hutch means bright in spirit, mind, and heart. It's also a symbol of the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God resided, and I believe the presence of God resides inside my baby. And it will continue to. Dalton, named after his daddy, who has the softest heart. You see him on Sundays, you'll know. You'll see it. And heart, which means strong strong man, 
And he was named after our baby who's with Jesus, who didn't have a heartbeat here on earth, but who has a beating heart in the presence of Jesus. You see, God was stirring in me, softening my heart, because he knew something had to change for what he wanted to do next. Something has to change in you for what God has next. Thank you, Lord, he didn't pass me by. Um, just a couple weeks ago, I felt God tell me to invite someone to church, and I didn't. And so he told someone else to do it, and they did it. God passed me by because I didn't obey. So I felt God, God say, invite your neighbors to church. So I did. They're not here. That's okay. But obedience is key. Otherwise, he'll pass you by. And if you keep disobeying, it'll keep happening. It'll keep happening until you're literally back like this in the back row with your arms crossed wondering what the problem is. It's because your heart needs to soften. We just came out of this series, Uncommon, based on 1 Samuel. And go back and listen to the podcast if you didn't hear them. They're phenomenal. God calls to Samuel in the night. We all know this story from 1 Samuel 3 where he's calling to him over and over again. And Samuel keeps running to Eli, the wrong person. There's a message there in its, of itself. Are you running to the wrong person? And God calls. But God was so kind to continue to call Samuel until he realized. And he did the same for me. Who knows how long he was prompting me and calling me. I mean, it's been five years, right? But he's been saying, Peyton. Peyton, Peyton, I want to do a new thing. Rochelle, I want to do a new thing. Dalton, I want to do a new thing. The same thing that he's doing for me, gently calling, gently prompting, wanting to birth something in you, is the same thing he's doing for you. He's always pursuing you. So I came back from maternity leave, and we stripped it all back. You guys can attest to this, right? Yeah. You may wonder why we didn't do games. Someone asked me the other day, hey, what games are you doing? And I said, we're not doing games. It was for the old season, not for the new season. Don't get me wrong. We still have so much fun, do we not? We have the best time together. But some things are meant for the old season that you're hanging on to, and God wants to take you somewhere different. So let go of the old thing. Don't worry, we still have food. Most important. That is the way to a teenager's heart. Your kid's not talking to you? Take them to their favorite restaurant. Sit across from the table. Share a meal with them. Make them their favorite meal at home. Go sit on the back porch together by the fire. Make s'mores. That's the way to my heart. Actually, guys, he's laughing right now because I'm remembering something. We're celebrating seven years of marriage, so I can say this. Don pursued me for six months. Also, I love you, babe. I told someone he was ugly and I would never date him. But I think you're hot. Hot stuff. Especially with that mustache. Um, so, so for six months, he took me to ice cream every night. Every night. And I was still like, nope, don't like you. <laughs> Food is definitely the way to my heart. Okay, let's get back to the scheduled thing here. God wants his people. And he especially wants the next generation. What I have loved most about changing things, not a single one of these students has come up to me and said, hey, why are we doing it different? 
Why'd you take that out? Why are we doing it this way? Because their hearts want Jesus. If you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like your heart is hard, look at these kids. Go have a conversation with them. Say, hey, why are you so passionate? Why are you so excited? Why do you jump when you dance or when there's worship? Why do you dance? If there was no band, no speakers, no lights, no food, they would still come. Would you still come? They would still come. Because they desperately want Jesus. I had a vision a couple months back, and it was a, a big splash bucket. If any of you had gone to Splashdown or an indoor water park, there's these big old barrel buckets. My arms aren't even big enough to go around it probably. And you would be running around and playing, but always keeping an eye on the bucket, waiting for the bucket to tip. And when you saw it start to tip, you booked it because you want it under there. And God gave me this vision of our kids running for the bucket. And I said, God, what's that about? And Boone and I had been memorizing Revelation 22, 17. And it says, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And that is what we've seen. We've seen kids running for the holy water, running for the presence of Jesus, running for the people that they love. I didn't ask him if I could share this story, Aiden, but I'm going to. <laughs> um, there was one Wednesday where we had been worshiping, and it was the end of the night, and everyone was going to leave into small groups. And I kid you, I will never forget this picture. I wish I would have taken a picture of it. This student of mine could not get out of his chair because he was so immersed in the presence of God. And some of us need to sit in our chairs a little longer and wait on God. If, he's, if you don't feel him, you wait on God. And you call him in, and you stay in his presence. We literally all got up and left. The lights were turned off, and I went up to him. I said, hey, bud, take your time. This is where we'll be when you're done. And he sat in the presence. I even need to sit in the presence a little longer. Aiden, you represent Jesus to me. I'm really thankful for you. God stepped in for his people in Ezekiel 34, and he has stepped in to our ministry. When God stepped in for the Israelites, it came with a lot of promises like peace, safety, blessings, rescue, abundance, shepherding, everything they needed. The same is true for you and me when we let God take all of our junk let go of our own way. Let go of the old things. We have everything we need in him. I was just telling some friends last night, last time I preached on the stage, I was preaching on Psalm 23, and that's where we're going again today. This is 2023, the Psalm 23 year. And I was asked, what's your favorite part about youth? And I said, can I say everything? I'm the youth director, I guess I can, right? She said I could, okay. But as I was preparing for this message, I realized, yes, I love everything, but what is my favorite part of youth right now? 
there's a group of us girls, our high school, middle school girls, we all come in circle right here. And we share what God's doing in our lives. We share hard things and good things. And then at the end, I say, all right, girls, Syl, you're reading Psalm 23 today. Ada, you're reading Psalm 23 today. We end every, every night with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And I could stop there. So many pieces from Ezekiel 34 correlate with Psalm 23. And I was on my face in my living room asking God, what, what am I supposed to talk about? What, where are we going with this? And I heard him like plain as day as soon as my head hit the floor. And it doesn't always happen like that, but it did this time. And I heard him say almost audibly, Psalm 23. And I was like, okay. And Katie had sent me a voice text like several days before. I love you all. Sometimes I'm terrible at texting. It takes me days to respond. So I finally grab it and I hit the, the voice message and I'm listening to her speak. And she said, I think I'm going to talk about Psalm 23. And I was like, I literally texted back, crap. God told me Psalm 23. And she, this is like six days later. And she goes, it's okay. God told me to go somewhere different. I think it was confirmation for you. And I was like, huh. <laughs> Ezekiel 34, I will make a covenant of peace with my people. Psalm 23, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Ezekiel was by a canal when God spoke to him. When he is your shepherd, he will speak to you. When you're under his authority, when you're in his care, when you're part of his flock, he will speak to you. Ezekiel 34. And I'll drive away the dangerous animals from the land. Then they will be able to camp safely in the wildest places and sleep in the woods without fear. Psalm 23. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Ezekiel 34, when I have broken their chains of slavery and rescued them from those who enslave them, then they will know that I am the Lord. They will no longer be prey for, the other, for other nations, and wild animals will no longer devour them. They will live in safety, and no one will frighten them. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Ezekiel 34, I will bless my people and their homes in, around my holy hill. And in the proper season, I will send the showers they need. There will be showers of blessing. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Ezekiel 34, the orchards and fields of my people will yield bumper crops and everyone will live in safety. When I have broken their chains of slavery and rescued them from those who enslaved them, they will know that I am the Lord.
Psalm 23, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Some of you need to hear that. Some of you need to stop giving so much credit to the enemy and know that the Lord has already prepared a feast for you in the presence of him. I'm talking to myself. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I actually texted my friends. Boone was just this week on his scooter and biffed it. Like his lips were massive. I wish I had a picture to show you. And I was gone and I came home and I was, oh, I, I was in the fridge and I turned around and I was like, what happened? Don forgot to tell me that he got in a major accident. I mean, his lips were out to here. And I said to my friends, happy preaching week. Is that not terrible? Saying, oh, look what the enemy did rather than, hey, look what God's doing. Hey, he was spared. Nothing worse happened. Lord, forgive me. Ezekiel 34. And I will give the land, I'm sorry, and I will make the land famous for its crops. So my people will never again suffer from famines or the insults of foreign nations. In this way, they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them. And they will know that the people of Israel are my people, says the sovereign Lord. Psalm 23, surely your goodness and unfailing love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Last one, Ezekiel 34. You are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. You are my people. I am your God. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Psalm 23. The Lord is your shepherd. You have all that you need. You see, when I partnered with God, when I co-labored with him, when he was the good shepherd who stepped in, he released an outpouring like I have never seen. I truly saw Acts 2.17 happen. And my students know this verse. I speak this over them often. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit out upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And I went back to um, my physical journal and my phone, because if I don't write it down on my phone, it doesn't make it to my journal because I forget things. And I started to recall all the things that God has done over the last six months. Sisters accepting Jesus within one month of each other. Students surrendering control and worry. A family was restored in our ministry. Students and leaders confessing, like right here on this carpet, sins and struggles that would be much easier to keep in the dark, but instead they were brave and obeyed the Lord and said the thing that's hard to say. I wish you guys could be with us on Wednesdays in our small groups, but it's just for us. Healings. I've loved Jesus for 16 years, and I have never seen someone physically healed before my eyes, and I saw it in the last six months. From mental illness and trauma. We do this really cool thing. The guys, I don't know about, if they know about this, but the girls might have to take over one day. But we do this, this healing prayer moment with some of our girls, and they go back to moments with Jesus, and they say, hey, Jesus, where were you in that really hard moment? And they see Jesus, and then that trauma is healed, spiritual and physical. Students showing up for the first time and sharing their testimonies. Sometimes we sit in the groups and we're like, you 
met us tonight. You're telling us your story, that you were suicidal, that you struggle with bipolar and anxiety. Jessica, what's the other one? Borderline personality disorder? That girl was healed. Jesus healed her. We've seen freedom and forgiveness and joy. Some of you were just like me. Some of you are like the kings and priests. Thinking you know better. With your arms crossed. Thinking you can do it on your own. Thinking you have it all together. Jesus just wants your heart. Just like he's captured the heart of our students, he wants to capture your heart too. We are lost sheep without our good shepherd. This year I was watching If, and it was all based on Psalm 23, which is pretty incredible. Very confirming to a lot of us in the church. And I, I was so undone by Ann Voskamp. And she interviewed a real shepherd. His name is Daryl. He's in my, in my journal as Shepherd Daryl. I will never forget. And I want to share the last things that he said, the things that he wanted the people to remember most. And I think that they're, all, they're for all of you as well. This is a great time to take notes if you aren't already. This is what he said as the shepherd of his sheep. The sheep go through storms in life as a shepherd I am there with them. I experience the same weather. Your shepherd experiences the same things that you walk through. You're never alone. It doesn't take much to satisfy a sheep. In our materialistic world, we can lose sight of this very easily. Are you satisfied with the good shepherd? Does he have your heart? Has he captured your heart? A sheep doesn't go a whole day without eating, just like you and I don't. Only a sick sheep goes a whole day without eating. Feed on the word daily. If a sheep is isolated by itself, it's usually sick. Sheep do not try to stand out from the rest of the crowd. There is no social class among the sheep. Sheep move toward light. Sheep are prone to wander, so they need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. We are prone to wander. We are prone to go our own way. We need a shepherd. This really got me. This is so good. The senior ewes, which are the mamas, are very valuable to the flock. They've been around for a long time. They've weathered many storms. Their genetics are invaluable to the flock. They know how to raise young, and they raise them well. These ewes are golden. And they, what Daryl does is he keeps back their daughters, the ewes' daughters, to raise the next generation. I'm going to invite a couple of my students up to share what God's been doing in their life. 
Aiden, Leah, Jason. I asked them to come up here and share what God has been doing in their lives because they have been profoundly impacted by Jesus and being part of this youth ministry. Give it up for these dudes who'd be moving all this stuff for me. Some great guys. Okay, while they do that, why don't you guys tell me your names, how old you are, and your best friend's name. Go ahead. Um, I'm Leah Martin. I'm 16. And uh, my best friend is Liv, Navessa, and Brooke. Nice. Um, I'm Aiden Post. I am also 16. And, I mean, the obvious answer would be Jesus. You win. You win. But if we're talking about a uh, uh, ginger that I know, it would be Nathan. <laughs> Uh, my name's Jason, I'm 27, and my best friend is my wife, Sylvie. Good answer. That reminds me, I think it was Boone, who was like, Mom, text Jason and ask him who his best friend is. And I think he was really hoping it was going to be Boone, but it was Sylvie. <laughs> he loves you, though. Okay, so um, I've known Jason, what, for a year or so? Jason's not a student, in case you were wondering, if you've never been here before. <laughs> Most of our students don't have facial hair. That I know of? Anyone? Okay. Brennan? Okay. <laughs> Sorry to call you out. Love you. Um, so he's one of our leaders, and I thought it'd be so fun to bring him up here and give you a perspective that's different, that you normally maybe wouldn't hear about. So thanks for coming up. Jason and I have known each other for over a year now. Dalton and I love you guys so much, and we've gotten to walk through a lot of life with you, and we're so proud of you. I'm thankful you're on the team. Um, I was talking with Lee and Aiden, and I don't remember how long I've known you, but I feel like I've known you my whole life. Heidi was up here with um, Briley and Nicole several weeks back, and she's like, we've only known each other for two months, but it feels like 10 years, and I feel the same way about you guys, and I'm really proud of you, and so thank you for coming up here and sharing. Okay, um, so my first question is, how has the youth ministry impacted you? Okay, that'll be my first question. How has the youth ministry impacted you? going to go first because no one else is. Everyone keeps looking at um, you. It's given me a lot of freedom in my faith and a lot of new journey for my faith as well because we, we came from a different youth group, uh, Riverside, and kind of what you're talking about, they would play games like so often and we're just like, we come here for the, the sermons, come on. Mm -hmm. And so... When you, I thought that was cool that you said that. But just being here, the, the actual community that I've built and the people that I've met and the freedom and vulnerability that I've been able to experience has really just made it such an awesome experience for me. That's incredible. Um, I shared this on Thursday and I'm going to share it tonight, to, or tonight, today too. It feels like tonight. Um, it does not. <laughs> What am I talking about? Oh, my brain. Okay, so um, I shared this on Thursday, and I want to speak it over you again publicly, that um, Aiden is an evangelist. Yeah. And um, a lot of the students that come on Wednesday nights are because Aiden has impacted them, and he shared Jesus in his school. And um, you go to Richards High School, and there are a lot of kids and a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of life and a lot of history. And Aiden isn't afraid to share the gospel and the good news. And I love that about him. 
Can I share about what, what I said on Thursday, the girl? Yeah, okay. So um, Aiden was in class one day, and <laughs> there was a girl who was, like, complaining about guys and boyfriends. And I feel like most teenage boys would, like, hop on a train and be like, let me be the guy for you. And Aiden turned the conversation to Jesus. And I think it's so incredible for a 16-year-old young man to be mature enough to say, hey, let me share Jesus with you. And what was it, a week later? A week later, she's like, hey, I need prayer. Will you pray for me? And so Aiden prayed for her in school in the hallway, right? In the classroom. classroom. Really incredible. And then she came here, and she's the one that God healed. So this is what happens with your obedience when your yes, 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 yes could turn into someone's healing. I'm proud of you. Go ahead. Um, So I'm going to have to agree with Aiden. It gave me kind of like a community and friendships. When I first came here, I was super shy. I didn't talk to anybody. I stayed in the back. And then I joined the worship team, and God just kind of showed me that there are people here for you, and I can trust in him. And then Liv came along, and she's one of my best, best friends. And I just feel so much more of, like, friendships and happier. That's so cool. I think I jokingly said that your mom forced you to come. Yeah, is that true? Can you confirm, Mother? Yes? Okay. <laughs> but look what happened with your mom's obedience. And because your mom was under the care of the Good Shepherd... Because she was hearing from him first. She showed up here to our church because she wanted more of the Lord. And then she pushed her girls into a ministry hoping that you too would find Jesus. And you and your sister are the ones who accepted Jesus within a month of each other. It's been really cool to watch you come out of your shell. Because you're right. You literally barely talked. And now you're like, I'm here. I'll sing. Whatever you want. I love you a lot for that. Also, sorry, one more thing. Benny texted her, what, like, earlier in the week. He's like, hey, you want to lead a song? She's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Which I feel like six months ago, he'd been like, absolutely not. I'm good back here. I'm proud of you. All right, go ahead, Jason. Um, I would say that, uh, that I have quite the gnarly past, and um, I've been set free from that. And the number one thing that I was uh, thinking about when joining youth was to pour into the students and and do whatever I could to make sure that that didn't happen to them and just point them to Jesus. And as, as I dove into that, I then realized that it was not just me pouring into them. It was a two-way street. It was them pouring into me us leading them to Jesus and declaring the promises that he declares over us, but them pointing us to Jesus and declaring the promises that he has over us. So good. Jason, I'll never forget. Jason and I went through Freedom Ministry together. A little plug there. Yeah. If you haven't done Freedom Ministry, it's incredible, and I highly encourage it. Lynn does an incredible job. Echo. Um, and actually, I knew from the minute that I met Jason that he was supposed to be on the youth team, and that's not... I definitely know that God speaks to me, but I feel very, uh, like, a, maybe a couple handful of times where he's, like, spoken, like, this specifically for this person. And you've had to overcome a lot. 
writing even on a piece of paper, you and I sat together and I'm like, you can do this. You are supposed to be on this team. And you, you overcame writing on a piece of paper that needed to be turned in so that you could be a part of something bigger than yourself that God was doing. And God has done incredible things in your life and you were made for youth ministry. You were made for Amen. it. Amen. <laughs> Okay, so you don't all have to speak on this. You can if you want. But what has God given you a word or a vision or something specific on a Wednesday night? How have you experienced God on a Wednesday night? Okay. Um, you always have to so, go first, I guess. <laughs> I talked about this earlier. It was like the first time this ever sort of happened. But it's also one of my favorite moments ever from youth. But one night I came in and I was just walked around talking and then this new kid came in whose name is Charlie. We love and Charlie. It's kind of uh, a coincidence that he's a ginger who plays <laughs> tennis just like a certain friend I have. <laughs> and um, I got talking to him and he's like from this like Washington high school like a ways away from him. I'm just like why is this kid here? I'm just like he's from so far away. And then just we were in, it was after the sermon and everything was over and we were just in this small group and this kid who came one time, he goes, he just like lets everything out, all the things he's been dealing with and it just spoke to me so much that like I was completely filled and I think, and I'm kind of not certain honestly, but I, I believe as I was praying over him, I had a vision of the Holy Spirit like entering into everyone in the room. It was just an amazing experience. That's really cool. Interestingly, we've had several students have visions of the Spirit of God falling on our students. And then it's been confirmed through leaders or other people, and it's incredible to see these students receiving from the Lord just like us adults do because we all have the same Holy Spirit inside of us. And so it's been really cool to see God do that. And I don't think he did that. This is confirmation for you that he did give you that vision. Anybody else? I've had... Uh not just visions in youth, but I've had dreams about youth group and yeah. and kids being set free, students being set free, like coming forward, kneeling on the carpets that we bring forward and in the youth room. And I've since got to watch that vision come to life yeah. and have those dreams come to life. And so it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. The best way. I'm going to go. This is not planned. I forgot to talk about this in my message, but... Um, Ashton was preaching, which Ashton, I am so proud of the man of God that you are, that you have stuck around. Echo. That you have built community. You got a lot of people who love you. And a lot of people who will claim you as our son. Even though I'm too young to have you as my son, but I will as the spiritual mom. Anyways, um, so Ashton seems like the quiet guy who hangs in the back doesn't really want to be noticed, but he stepped into this preaching role that's been really powerful, and the anointing of God has been on you. And the last time he preached, I thought he was going to jump off the The whole time that he was talking, I was like, he's like David dancing before the Lord. And so he gets off the stage, and I'm like, I, I tell him that, and it was so incredible. And then we have our last song, and I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to dance like David before the Lord. And I, if you know me, I hate dancing. We go to weddings, and I sit, and my husband dances by himself. And I, yeah, he does. I dance my 
face off with these kids because what's incredible is when I started serving in this ministry, I started being who God created me to be. Hanging around you guys has allowed me to be who I am. And I love you guys for that. And I'm so thankful. And so we dance like nuts before the Lord. And you can go on Instagram and you can watch the video. But I think some of us need to let loose a little bit more. And some of us need to dance like David before the Lord and not care what other people think. Because I had to get over that myself. So. Okay, so tell me, what is God doing in your life? I'll just keep this one. Okay. Um, so right now, I haven't had like a, like a huge calling or anything's like it doesn't have to ever be big but the small thing oh, holding it up okay uh i i haven't had like anything super big on, placed on my heart but uh just to be able to trust him because like uh my friend group has been kind of like going through it we're all like in the church and we're just we've had a bad couple of days but like thank thank god that i have after like the couple of bad days we've had, I've been filled with joy again. And so during the time of struggle that my friend group has, I, I've decided that because God gave me joy, I'm going to be that light to them during the hard time. And that's what he's talk, talked to me about. It's what he's done in my life, right? Okay, okay, I thought so. Okay, so like I had said before, I was super shy and not very confident. And I feel like he's grown that confidence level. And there's girls from my school who I've never talked before. They're a year younger than me. They had posted on their story, like, hey, we're going to have this worship night. Like, sw like swipe up if you want to be involved. I was like, oh, I don't really know you, but maybe. So I swiped up because I felt like I, I, I wanted to and I needed to. And that night was just amazing. The, the presence was there. And he's just grown my confidence in him and just to be more, like, vocal about it. So good. If you don't know what swipe up means. <laughs> okay, so you, you. Do we explain it? Yeah, I'll explain it because I know. Okay, so it's where you literally message someone on their Instagram story. Did I get it right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> couple things. I was so proud of myself for knowing, like, those slang terms. And then I went out to dinner with our youth leaders and Ashton, what did you say to me? I don't know, but I went home and Googled it. I didn't tell him. I was like, I don't know what you're saying right now, but I'm going <laughs> to Google it later. <laughs> it was, like, something like no lie or something. Cap. Does anyone... He was like, he was capping. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'll Google it later. <laughs> okay. Um, Jason, go ahead. Um, in this season, uh, the Lord has been opening up his word to me and, and in the scriptures. And I've been blessed to have, have a group of men that I can, that I can sit down with and and dive in and ask questions and wrestle with the text and not have everything understood, but be able to to have that level of comfort to be around a tight knit group who are pouring into me through scripture and 
and I've never I've never had the Bible come to life like it is. And I always thought it was like kind of like kind of like I didn't understand it or like it was just like so far fetched. And and now I can't get enough of it. All right. Do any of you have any last things that you want to share or say? Go ahead, Aiden. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I I just love being here is all I can really say. It's just God is always moving. Like, ever since I switched youth groups like I began with and how they had games and all that, ever since I got here, the, the I can't explain it, the environment and just the, the feeling you get when you would walk in, when I would walk in on Wednesdays, it was just like, there was a unity in the room. Like, it felt so peaceful and so calm. And so I'm so thankful to be here and just thankful for the whole community. That's, that's what I have to say. Thank you guys for sharing. We love you guys. I actually resonate with Aiden a lot because I grew up in a really, really small church, and we were the only kids. And... Um, I always wanted to go somewhere where there were a lot of other kids. And so um, my friend Sarah and I were talking about the Post family. I'm struggling. Hold on. Um, We were talking about the Post family, and I was like, there's just something in my spirit. Like, I know that I know that I know that they're going to show up here. And she's like, there's no way. They're so invested at their church. And there was one night we were on the phone talking, and she's like, guess who's coming to church tomorrow? And I said, who? She said, the Post family. And I knew the minute they walked in, they wouldn't go anywhere else. Because of what Aiden has experienced here was for his whole family. It wasn't just for him. It was for their entire family. So I love you, Post family. And I'm so glad you're all here. I just want to wrap up by challenging you guys. And I'm going to read Psalm 23 again. You guys can go ahead and stand up for me. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Did I say that right? We'll start again. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along my paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For your rod and your staff are close. For your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. God wants to do a new thing in you. just like he's done with the youth. And the stories that were shared should make us want more of Jesus. 
want us, should want us to experience those same things. If you've never met Jesus, it's as simple as just turning and choosing him in the quiet of your heart and then sharing with someone. You see, Jesus is drawing people to himself. People who just met him today. People who have known him for five years, for their whole life, for a whole year. He wants to be your good shepherd, and he wants to do a new thing in you. He doesn't want you to stay in the old thing. He wants you to let go of the old thing so he can do a new thing. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you that you are the good shepherd. That you don't leave us the same, but that you care for us. And you love us, and you want to see a new thing in us. Jesus, we love you, and we want more and more and more of you. So God, would you do a new thing? Right now, would you just open your hands if you want God to do a new thing? Jesus, with all these hands open, would you do a new thing? Would you not leave us the same? Would you do 10,000 things, Jesus? We trust you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We want more and more of your goodness and your faithfulness in our life. Jesus, reveal to us right now what is the new thing that you want to do? Because we are with you, heart and soul. So we pray. Amen.